Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, hold it. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. You know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Huda, and welcome back to Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm Rose, as always, at Brendan Ertle. We got the whole squad today. We got Nate and Chris. We're going to be uh, previewing this Tampa Bay Bucks game on Halloween. Uh, it doesn't really get much better than this, and I'm really l- looking forward to it. I'm not going to be trick-or-treating. I'm going to be watching this game. I don't know about you guys, but uh, maybe a couple glasses of alcohol with this game as well. So, uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, how how you doing? And we haven't spoke for a while, and the Pelicans had eh. – one and four. Um, I, I'm I'm staying out of like the negativity. <laughs> um, all, all in all, but what I am doing is looking at the details. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all the positive things, man, are being you know include include with the Pelicans. That's another that, that's another discussion there. But I am I am happy the Saints. Make, finally made a move that you wish that they would make, and it makes all of them. I mean, win or lose this weekend, I'm just happy Mark is back in New Orleans. And like you said, before we even started recording, we could talk about that shit for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna kick us off with, with the Ingram news, but you, you just went away with it. So let's <laughs> freaking talk about it. I was sitting on my bed. I was getting ready to play some Madden, and I saw this news, and I don't think I've ever been so – excited i mean his production this time around it probably won't meet uh my excitement and he's he's gonna come in and he's on a one-year deal so who knows what uh this year is gonna look like who knows what number he's gonna wear but yes the saints traded for mark ingram uh it's rumored to be some late round picks maybe a conditional maybe a uh, a swap of some picks or or whatnot but the story is pretty crazy uh they got to seattle on monday and sean payton and and Mickey, they were like, yeah, maybe we should call Houston for Mark Ingram. Uh, but they were a little weary because he's been their future back. He's been their main guy in a, a crowded backfield. So they said, let's just give him a call and try. Uh, and after the game, Alvin, he, he was probably exhausted. He's like, uh, you guys should check on Mark Ingram. And Sean Payton said, we're way ahead of you. <laughs> they literally like, like 
it's just such a perfect matchup, not just because it's Mark Ingram in New Orleans, which is a perfect matchup in and of itself, but it's Mark Ingram back with his dynamic duo, Alvin Kamara. It's Mark Ingram who hasn't been well utilized since he left. It's the Saints who haven't utilized Alvin Kamara well, relatively, since Mark was trade or Mark left, Mark was gone. It's just almost too perfect. And when I saw the news, I was just like, I think the only thing you can really say is it's about damn time. Like, like bring somebody in, bring at least make Alvin Kamara happy. You keep that man happy because you keep him on the Saints his whole career unless something really bad happens. But like, just just give the man a chance because if we use those two accurately and correctly, as I think Sean knows how to, it, it changes the entire offense, changes everything. And it's not like you're you're bringing in Adrian Peterson. I mean, this dude's still producing at a high level, and I mean, you can kind of plug and play this guy, like like he was two years ago. It's only been two years, and they were talking. Uh, the Saints were talking to the media today, and they're like, "Have you talked to Mark?" And he, uh, Cam was like, "Well, I do a podcast with him, so I talk to him every day." Uh, and I, I think at this point today, he should be at least in the building. I don't know how those rules work but he sounded like he was flying into new orleans today so he's in the building he's here and it doesn't come at a more perfect time because kamara has been uh touching the ball probably more than he even wants to just taking way too many hits and uh we since tony jones went down they've gone through divine azigbo which they call ziggy uh, he had a few touches last game but it's just not the same and i think mark ingram can come in and uh, especially with Taysom hill being out that power run game is just kind of just gone and, I mean, he can come in and break the all-time leading rushing record and become the leading-time rusher in Saints history and pass Deuce. I mean, look, I mean, you can give – it's okay to give Alvin, you know, some traditional looks. He can have traditional games when we're talking about a heavy, you know, a heavier workload running a football. But you don't want him to be a traditional back for the whole season. You just don't. I mean, even, even if you feel – even if it can be something that's uh, positive for you in some weeks and can help you win games, this team's like their hopes aren't to just barely make the playoffs. Like this roster isn't built to, you know, uh, to be fighting around 500. The roster is built to, you know, make it to the playoffs and have an opportunity to make something happen. There. Even with James, like the def- the way the defense is built, and the weapons, you know, whenever Mike Thomas comes back healthy, that's what they're built for. Well, if you want to do that, you have to be able to sustain Alvin's health and may and, and you know and keep him at a, you know, at a at a rate that's not going to come back and but you know and and bite you in the behind late in the season. You don't want to tire Alvin there. You don't want to bang up and running him, half back zone, half back isos and old traps can repeatedly. Uh, just it's not the way to go. Him running the ball 17 times against Seattle, you know, for what? I mean, he had like 37 yards or something. It, it, it wasn't – there was no – teams are – you know they're going to sell out to stop. Well, now you get to add you get to add market and there's a different level of uh, of creativity that, that you can bring there using those two, in the, you know, in the, uh, the same time on the field. Mark's also improved so much since his earlier days in New Orleans, catching the ball out the backfield. But man, like, <laughs> you want to talk about juice? You want to talk about like a juice boy? Like he's the OG juice boy. Like even even if that's a defensive, if that's a like a defensive nickname, 
he's one of the guys that started that kind of energy. He's one of the people that were that were in this building through some of those mediocre days and kept bringing the energy. And we, you know, you know, we saw him here for so long to where you don't even remember that he's number. I didn't, I didn't even know he was number two on the all-time wrestling list. I forgot. I, I, I totally forgot. So it's just the overall energy. Everybody loves that dude, and it just brings a different level of love, respect, and you know, um, even if it's if his touches are limited and it's not the mark that you saw two years ago, it's going to help this team out in a lot of important places. Brennan was playing a game called stump the podcast with that fun fact. Cause I, I had forgotten that too, Chris. I didn't, I, that almost, it, it almost surprises me, but it really shouldn't surprise me. You know, it's kind of one of those things, but like, like, man, that that's good to hear. And let's see if he does it. I mean, this is a really, really productive offense before him. Um, and I think adding a different skill set, getting some of our guys back, you know, obviously we're still waiting on Mike Thomas, uh, some other guys that we'll talk about, uh, but it, getting his skill set in is going to make a huge difference. He is currently 89 yards away from becoming the all-time leader in Saints rushing. So he, yeah, he almost had that. <laughs> I mean, he could pop it off in one run. I mean, he can do it in one run. He's getting it. Uh, He's getting it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. If not this game, next sure game, give it, it to him. Yep. Yeah, you know, Sean, he's going to give it to him. Uh, but this situation, it kind of feels like, it, to me personally, it feels like Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, uh, the Saints never did want Mark to leave. And when he did, it was like, it was just such a heartbreak. And, I mean, Chris said it. I was going to say it. He is the OG juice boy. And this is something the offense needs is juice. They haven't really, really had a ton of it. And I don't know if they're going to make a deal, another deal to deadline. I mean, they definitely should. Uh, they could, and I think they will be reaching out to other teams. But nonetheless, this helps your pass game because you can relieve some pressure from Kamara, and he can go do other things receiver-wise. You can put Mark Ingram at running back and still have Kamara split out. I've seen him do it before. And I, I saw some stats today where the Saints are on pace to have, like, the 75th leading receiver at the end of the season because Callaway's got, like, I don't know. It's just not good. It's not good stuff. So I think you know, more pro productivity from the pass game, and I think that helps. I mean, Mark Ingram obviously never played with Jameis, but it won't take too long for them to get on the same page. I feel like uh, they're, they're getting all the right pieces back, and uh, Andrew Speed looks like he's done for the year, but Calvin Throckmorton will come in, and he'll do great stuff for them. So, I mean, Mark Ingram's back. I'm, I'm super excited for it. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the Dome. Uh, but we were talking about this a little bit on the podcast or before the podcast was uh, this taste of injury in the injury report. So I kind of want to hop into this. Uh, Andrews, Pete, Dwayne Washington, Taysom Hill all did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. And I'm starting to get a little concerned about Taysom, just about this concussion. Um, Peyton Turner also did not practice both days. Frustrating as well. But the bright spot for the Saints is Deontay Harris returned. He was limited today. So I mean, that's huge for them, especially the way that offense looked in Seattle without much at all in the receiving game. I mean, they they were targeted 16 times and had four receptions. The wide receivers did. So, I mean, that's not good enough, and they're going to need a bunch more going forward, especially on Halloween against the Bucks. Yeah, no, I, I think what you can honestly say – is that the Saints wouldn't be doing their due diligence if they did not at least look for an option. 
we know, and this is obviously my standpoint uh, is going to be biased because I was a big fan of this guy when he was a saint, but we know Brandon Cooks is unhappy. What we also know is it's not that often in the NFL where you get a team willing to trade two guys to the same team within that short of a span. Uh, I truthfully, just as maybe I'll jinx us into it happening, I've done it. The, the only game the Pels have won this year, I said there's no chance we're winning, so I jinxed us into that. Uh, I just don't see Brandon coming back to the Saints through a trade this season. You know, eventually, maybe, who knows? Free agency is a thing, uh, but he's kind of, he's been balling out. He's been re- doing really well. It would be a great match, of course, but I think that answer is going to come from elsewhere, and knowing the Saints, it might be someone that is just kind of, not a top receiver, but waiting to bounce into that role. You know, a guy that we might not see coming overall. I, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't end up making a trade for a wide receiver with this organization. Uh, I sincerely hope that they do, but uh, time will tell. Uh, well, and, and you know, here's the thing. Like Sean said that, you know, that they like their guys, right? You know, they like their room. Now, when he said that, did he mean... I like my room when healthy, right? Because you still haven't seen that yet. And that's what makes me worry about a possible deal, about them. Like, I could see them maybe trading for a tight end, you know, maybe a guy like Evan Ingram or something like that, you know, along the lines. But the wide receiver thing is just, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be, it's interesting. You, you brought back Kenny Stills. Um, I don't think that he's played that great to where you would you know uh if if the right guy was out there you wouldn't at least try to see if there was something to be made there but Traquan's back Deontay looks like he's going to be on track to play you love Callaway if Mike Thomas is back if he comes to join those three those are four receivers right there right you know you're talking about Deontay Traquan Mike and um, and Callaway, I mean, uh, four guys. So is there even room for another guy? There's definitely room for an upgrade, but I'm focusing on the fact that Sean was very confident about one side of the ball, about one position, right? He was, he was confident about the wide receiver group, but he wasn't confident about the cornerback spot. He told you that he wasn't, and he ended up making a move. So I'm curious if anything has changed or considering the fact that we haven't gotten a chance to really see all these guys together, if he's just going to roll with what he has, and now that you add Mark Ingram to add a little bit of balance, these guys are getting healthy. You'll be able to see the, you know, the offensive line or, you know, or close to the, you know, full, the full old line from a production spot. I mean, your creativity or maybe using Alvin as a receiver is going to change with adding Mark, you know, maybe, Maybe they don't make a move at all, which and it would still be disappointing to me because we've been wanting a clear upgrade. I mean, at, at number two or somebody that can beat one-on-one coverage consistently um, off the line. We know Deontay's fast. We know Traquan has moments. But, yeah, um, I'm just not confident. I mean, I'm with you now. I mean, even if you, you mentioned Brandon Cooks, but I'm not confident they make a move at all. Uh, history would tell that they're not going to. I mean – we had all the seasons with Mike, Ted Ginn, Mike, and Emmanuel. We're all like, maybe, they, maybe they'll maybe they go out and add another wide receiver. And that was at that standpoint. I mean, now we're here with Trey Quan and Marquez Callaway, and we're begging for wide receiver. And they're like, no, we like our room. But this was the first weekend that Sean had actually, I think, put some accountability onto them. He said, yeah, they didn't play as well 
as we wanted them to. And they, I mean, they didn't, and neither did the tight end group. But I, I, yesterday we had a, a, a two-hour period where we were uh, completely locked in that Willie Snead was going to come back here, but uh, that didn't happen. And I, I, I agree with what you said. They have their four wide receivers they like. There isn't a ton of – it feels weird. There's not a ton of room to add another guy that would be like maybe like a James Washington kind of guy. I mean, you're not getting a ton better at that position, especially uh, with what Jameis has done and just in managing these games. I think he's done a great job with what he has. I mean, I don't think he's getting enough respect for that because he's thrown 13 touchdowns, three picks, and those three picks have come with major pressure, and I think he's done a great job with what he has. And you bring in a guy like Michael Thomas back, whether it's probably not this week, maybe next week, uh, that instantly upgrades every single position on his roster May it be running back, tight end, and it's going to help everyone else. Um, and I think adding, uh, let's see here, Peyton won't be back. But, I mean, they're just getting healthier. So that's all that matters. Ken Crawley uh, is returning. And Nick Vanette should be back this week as well. Uh, we should see about that. But they're getting healthier. Uh, and in terms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' health, they are returning Rob Gronkowski, Richard Sherman, Levante David. Uh, the only persons that – the only people – are notable it did not practice these past couple of days is Antonio Brown and Jason Pierre-Paul. So those are two big name, big name guys for them. So let's talk about this matchup a little bit. And I'm not going to lie, uh, for Canal Street Chronicles, we have to make tally site picks. I did pick the Bucks this week, um, but I don't, I don't, I'm not writing off the Saints. I think they do have a shot. They've got to play perfect. I just haven't seen it yet from the offense. Uh, but I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Can the Saints offense keep up with the Bucks offense? Well, I, I don't know if it's even a matter of them having to keep up with them. Um, and, I, and I, I say that because I look at it at this, you know, from this perspective. The Saints defense, for the most part, dominated uh, the Buccaneers in pretty much every matchup last, last year, if you're not counting – and, and, and this is throwing away, like when, when they took care of the football, you know, the Bucs in the playoff game were able, were able to score some points in that third quarter and that fourth quarter, but a lot of them were off the Saints turnovers. You know, um, this is a banged up defensive, uh, defensive backfield, right? And I'm talking about Tampa. You know, I don't believe, you know, Colin Davis, Sean, Sean Murphy Button, you know, they, those guys matter, right? Richard Sherman, you know, <laughs> what's left, right? Now, now adding, adding Levante David next to Devin White and company is beautiful. Vita Vey, amazing defensive tackle. But if you don't have Jason Pierre-Paul, you're missing a really good pass rush on your team. I mean, there's going to be room there to take advantage of the team. The Bears ran for over 100 yards against this team last week. Uh, the the running back they had, uh, Herbert, played spectacular. Could Alvin, could Alvin Kamara on a defensive line that, well, on an offensive line that is supremely better and more talented than the Bears, have similar success? Possibly. But I think it, if you look at the other side of the football, the Saints are going to win this game. They're going to have to get after Brady. So it's important that Marcus Davenport's healthy, Cam Jordan's coming to play. You get David on your modder back. Like, it's a lot of factors in this game that, that could go towards New Orleans' factor. And you could make the situation, you could make the argument that their defense right now is better than the defenses that Tampa played last year, right? You know, you can make that argument with 
the way Paulson the Debo is playing right now. And then you have added depth and you know and Bradley Roby. You don't have to see Antonio Brown in the slot. You know, even with the healthy Grimes and Cameron Bray. I mean, I I you like your matchup with Mike against um Marshawn. You can find a way to guard Chris Godwin. They might have a chance, but they're gonna have to get after Brady. You know, I mean, um, I think at one point he was the most stacked quarterback in the in the league. If I'm if I'm correct, I think Justin Fields is taking that over now. But um, there's room there, but I don't think it's gonna have to come down to them scoring points. Can they get after Brady? Because if they can't rush the passer um, and get them off the field, it's not gonna matter anyway. I feel like this game is almost destined, maybe even like perfectly set up to be one in the trenches. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Chris. I think it's going to come down to is Marcus Davenport healthy and which Saints defensive line really does show up? How's David Onyemata doing? Can Cam Jordan be productive on the edge? We'll see. I mean, I think it's going to come down to a lot of that. Um, and, you know, just how clean can they keep the pocket for Jameis? How can they keep him uh, giving him in the best situation possible to make great decisions? You know, when he's been clean, just like Brendan said, he's been great. When he's had uh, massive pressure, that's when he's still been good. He's only thrown three interceptions, and they've had not the easiest schedule, but not the hardest. But, I mean, he's doing great. It's it's going to come down to the big guys in front. And, thankfully, I think at least on the offensive side, even without Andres Pete, you have to have some faith in the Saints offensive line, especially seeing the last couple years versus what we grew up with, you know, in, in terms of the quality that's on that line right now. Uh, I, I, if I was making a pick, I probably would do what Brendan had done and pick the Bucks. But I think this will be a close game if that happens, if the defense can get after Tom Brady. Maybe they were watching the uh, Eli Manning broadcast. They went back and rewound it uh, while they were playing, and they heard some of his secrets that he was talking to Eli and Peyton about. Uh, he was on there. Drew was on there, too, uh, in that same night. It was really cool to watch. But hopefully they went back, and maybe they'll break down some Tom Brady discussion. <laughs> Well, I've been keeping up with a couple of Bucks analysis who cover the team for various websites, and they always tell me that no matter what the year is, even if it was last year or even going to be this year, Sean Payton has that coaching staff's number. I mean, it doesn't matter what situation it may be. Maybe an injured Drew, healthy Drew, uh, a playoff game. That offense has always found a way to have success on that defense. I mean, a playoff game was different. I mean, let's all forget about it. But even last year, the, the first game of the year just can acclimate everything. At the end of the game, at the end of the day, they they kind of whipped them from start to finish. I mean, in Tampa as well, kind of kicked their ass. I mean, I'm not going to be honest, but there is. I'm looking at their their schedule here, and the Saints defense is by far the best defense they'll play at, at least right now. But their wins come against the Cowboys, Falcons, Patriots, Dolphins, Eagles, and Bears. Bears have a good, okay defense, but besides that, there isn't much there. And their one loss comes against LA Rams, who have an excellent defense. And I think this is where you have to beat them, and I think they can. I think matchup-wise, uh, the Saints gives them a little bit of a nightmare. Uh, Mike Evans pretty much won't even suit up for this game because Marshawn Lattimore's on him. So the question goes to, can they slow down Chris Godwin, can Adivo, uh, Roby? And yeah, they don't have to deal with Antonio Brown. That's great. Uh, though Malcolm Jenkins on Rob Gronkowski, I feel like over the course of Gronsky, Gronkowski's stint with the Bucks, they've done an okay job guarding him. So I think it'll come down to can this can the Saints be effective on offense? 
And can the defense shut this game down? And having David Onyemata back is huge. I mean, Cam Jordan's talked about how good he looks. Uh, there's pictures of him today with some some hair that probably needs a haircut. And they said this dude ha- has been working out so much, he can't even hit a barber. So uh, I'm really excited to see David Onyemata. Nick Underhill's talked about um, him being their best D lineman overall. So, I mean, getting that back, get this week especially, uh, is really important because Brady is tearing up this year. It's frustrating. Someone has to shut this dude down. I mean, he's leading the league in touchdowns, yards, just everything. Um, I mean, they have a shot. I mean, they have a really good shot. And this is their first game in the Dome, and it feels like in months, honestly. So uh, Forever, man. I mean, you know, and look, I mean, you look at you look at that setting, you know, the just just at everything. Mark Mark Ingram coming back um, for this game, even whether whether he suits up or not, people are going to be excited to see him to see him out on the field, right? Um, another, you know, their second their second true home game of the year, like in the after you know a late afternoon game, people are going to be crazy in there against that team on Halloween, like. You know, and then, you know, I think something else that works in the world in his favor when we're talking about Tampa is that, like, over the past few weeks, Tampa's been able to run the football. Well, we're talking about the two best teams against the run in football, literally, Tampa and New Orleans. Um, offensively, the Saints have won games where Alvin has been a non-show running the football. They haven't been able to, like, you know, but – I think we forget, and especially without without Antonio Brown, without that extra weapon, look at this matchup on this team. Unless you believe Chris Godwin is going to go completely off, I know that they have some other underrated weapons there, but they want to run the football. Tampa would like to run the football with Leonard Fournette. They would like to run the ball with Ronald Jones Jr. Well, if you can't do it, you can make Brady one-dimensional in that building, in, in a, a packed house, an important game, a divisional game, with those guys coming back, a healthy linebacking court, I think the Saints have a have a pretty good chance of you know limiting what Brady can do. But we'll see. Yeah, I'll also add that this is James's first not not career, but first career start against his former team. And you know he's gonna be hungry for uh a win and eating a W against his former team. Uh I'll I'll end this with I'll end it with this. Uh if Jameis I don't know what Jameis we're gonna see on Sunday. But I hope it's not let me try and just absolutely demolish this team because I'm kind of forgotten. And these are, these are all my homies. He all keeps up with these guys. Uh, I just want him to go execute the game plan. And Sean Payne's going to have a great game plan. It's a short week. Uh, we'll see who ends up playing. If they, have, if they can have Deontay in this game, man, I mean, that'll be a game changer because we talked about Tampa's secondary being weak. I mean, they're weak and slow. I mean, I would love to see Jamel Dean lined up with Deontay Harris you, you throw that deep ball six times at him I mean just over and over and over again and in the Seattle game uh it looked like they were setting up a deep shot multiple times and they just could not hit it this game they're gonna have opportunities to hit that deep shot so uh if they can hit one hit their deep shots be successful on offense I, I think they have a good shot but we'll just have to see I mean Halloween night uh if there's anything else you guys want to finish off by saying I'll, I'll, I'll close this thing out and we can enjoy our night I honestly think if Deontay plays, the first offensive play of the game from the Saints might be a deep ball. I, I Halloween, John Payton, New Orleans Saints. There's it's the first game back in the dome in way too long. I, 
shoot, I'm on board. I wouldn't pick the Bucks anymore. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> if Mark yeah. if Mark Ingram starts that hoot at champ, there's no shot. I'm telling you, there's no yeah, shot. They need to have a like seismograph going like a couple of streets over because it might do a Death Valley and register. Like mm-hmm. it, it's gonna be so loud. I'm so jealous that my a lot of my family is gonna be there. It makes me really jealous that I can't make it. But last thing before we end this podcast, both of you. Hot take, or not even hot take. I just want to hear it. What number will Mark Ingram wear Sunday? Little curveball. <laughs> it's tough. Is 28 taken? Divine Exigbo. So who knows? I mean, he's on the roster, but for how long? I don't know. I don't think Chauncey's giving him. I don't think Chauncey's giving him that, man. I mean, um, two's taken as well. Oh, my God, man. That's Chauncey's talked about taking eight. But Archie, you know what? You know what? You know, I would, I would not, I would not be surprised if it's kept a secret and Mark comes out in twenty two. That'd be fire. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Even the fact that Chauncey was like, "Well, I was thinking about eight, you know, and I like, you know, I like Deuce Deuce. I like, I like CD Deuce. I like that name. I like everything mm-hmm. that's with that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet on Mark coming out in twenty two. Yeah, no, I think that's what I'm going to go with, too. You know, Mark's a smart guy. Mark's a guy who's made a lot of money over his career, <laughs> including during his collegiate career, I'm sure. Uh, I think he's got the wherewithal. I think he's going to come out in 22. I think he's going to work something out. I'm going to miss C.D. Deuce. That's A-tier name. That That's an A-plus name. But, yeah, no, I, I, I think he's going to come out in 22. And if not, he's going to hit up Divine Igbo, maybe get him kicked off a depth chart for 28. <laughs> Yeah, CJ is quoted by saying he would take he would uh, give up 22 for two million dollars. So it's either he gets the okay from the Mannings to wear number eight, and he switches to eight, which he said he low key likes. So we'll have to see. I'll say he ends up in 22 as well. CJ knows the legendary uh, part of that 22, that Deuce Deuce. So uh, Deuce Deuce getting loose. That's how I'll end it with this podcast. Pre guys for tuning in again. And- I'm Brennan. We got Nate and Chris as well. So appreciate you guys. See you guys Sunday. Who that? 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 Who that?